We hope you enjoy the following Playboy Radio production. Chances are you're going to love what you hear. Please go to PlayboyRadio.com and become a member for more Playmates, more shows, and exclusive extras. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Okay, I just found out some fun facts about Brandon Boyd and his family. This is actually really Hit cool. us with mm-hmm. it. Let's hit it. Uh, so your dad is a cigarette model, was a cigarette model for Playboy <laughs> in the 70s? For Salem. That which is was amazing. advertised in Playboy. Does Playboy still advertise cigarettes? No. You know, I don't think I've seen a cigarette ad in a long time. That's there, a it used to question. be a big thing. But so. if, if anyone out there has a 1976 issue of Playboy, like a, a nice vintage Do you remember issue, the month at all? I know that there was one in January, and there may have been one in March. I was born in 76, so my pop was in the pages of Playboy as a Salem cigarette model. And I just want to say for the record, I told you guys this before, but my dad is the most avid non-smoker in the world. People smoke near him. He's the dude that gets up and he's like a big dude. And he's like, you're going to need to put that out. <laughs> and people do. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I love that. So he was just gigging. It was just a paycheck. Yeah. But in <laughs> 76, we didn't, yeah, we didn't know the things we know about. Uh, right. Yeah. Right, right. I can remember people used to just smoke in every public place. Airplanes. Uh, you, you, Yes, in airplanes. People would smoke uh, at work. Yeah. I remember going to work with my dad, and you'd see all the desks with ashtrays. Mm-hmm. And people all sitting there working, place, you know, kids walking through, whatever. Mm-hmm. Kind of crazy. You know, it's funny, and we were saying this earlier, is that people might have stories like, one day, True is going to grow up, and it's like, oh my God, my mommy is in Playboy. No, you got your dad was in Playboy. <laughs> is Playgirl still a thing? Was it ever really a thing? I feel like I know it existed. That's why I'm asking. I don't know if it's a thing, quote unquote, but like it existed, right? Come on, Kim. I guess did you ever did... check out Playgirl? No, because I seriously felt like it was a myth. Like I thought it was just like a funny thing people talked about. Uh-huh. I ne- I've never seen one or anything like that. Did you guys see uh, uh, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, there's a scene where John C. Riley is talking to Will Ferrell, and Will Ferrell's in the supposed coma, and he like confesses to him in like a hazy. Uh, vignette type thing he's mm-hmm. like man while you've been out I, I posed for Playgirl I pulled my butt apart everything <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite moments in the movie <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up sorry I lo- hey I love it some th- there's always butt talk on Playboy Radio for we, some reason we were just saying that even it like in between the breaks happens. like it doesn't matter who the guest is somehow Ass play always comes into the conversation. <laughs> What's the term? <laughs> ass, ass play. play. That sounds like a band that doesn't exist yet. Well, that could be your next solo project. We'll open up for Coldplay. <laughs> hey, maybe mm. you can do like a, an art piece. You know, your next painting. Right. That, that they and, would let me show in Amsterdam, but and, I don't and, think. And this is called well ass here. play. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is my masterpiece. So speaking of your solo projects, like ass play, um, okay. what can you tell us about Sons of the Sea? <laughs> Um, it's not quite Sons of the Sea is my solo project with Brendan O'Brien, who uh, is a producer and a songwriter, but he also he produced like the past three Incubus records. Unfortunately, Sons of the Sea is not as interesting as Ass Play, our new <laughs> side project. Ass Play is a little bit more like um, bottom heavy and sort of bass heavy. <laughs> Got it. Um, uh, like but- stand up bass. That's what I picture. More like 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 shit yourself, uh, super super low brown sound kind of thing. If you guys know that term, the brown sound, have you heard that, this? That's no. a first for me. All right, let me just uh, in in brief. Then I'll get back to Sons of the Sea. The uh, brown sound was uh, a weapon. That's how they lovingly referred to this weapon that the um, 
military experimented with sound waves as weapons. Mm. And so they created these uh, sound frequencies that were so low that when you pointed the speakers and projected them out at the supposed enemy, uh, they would uh, lose their bowels and fall to the ground. Oh! So they called it the brown sound. Oh, that's awesome. So it was like a, you know, some crazy deep bass tone is true, and it made everyone shit themselves, and then you win. (laughs) Then you celebrate. That is brutal (laughs) And it shots with the mayor, and then, you know, you win. You know know the sound you just did right there. I don't know if you guys ever saw that movie, The Incredible Mr. Limpet with Don Knotts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did this whole thing where he could, like, do that or whatever, and yeah. they, they would pick it up on their radar, and that's where they could find out where the that's submarines right. were, and they would, yeah, so I don't know, maybe it was a, it's like a, a sonar thing. type yeah. thing. Yeah. Anyway, Sons of the Technology. Sea. Um, now that I've filled everyone's heads with this horrific <laughs> visual, <laughs> Sons of the Sea is a lot brighter. It's I've, I've uh, sort of um, lovingly referred to it as oddball pop, because it definitely has um, some pop sensibilities about it, which are unabashed, um, if I... And being perfectly honest, I grew up on good pop music. And so it kind of found its way through when Brendan O'Brien and I got together in a room and started writing music. But yeah. What's your um what's your opinion of good pop music? What would that be? Um I th- I actually still think there is some good pop music today. Um most of it is um offensive to me and comical, but um there is it's like lazy and commercial and Well, what? it's too I mean, pop music has always been formulaic in that there's um, a there's a, a rhythm and a sequence and it's sort of a a philosophy to it that if you follow mm-hmm. closely enough it's like you have a better chance of it be- becoming a pop success mm-hmm. but um, I don't know like the Elton Johns and the Beatles and the um, gosh there were so many growing up um, even well, like see- Led Zeppelin could, could be considered a, 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 a pop band but they were more like psychedelic but the Beatles is a perfect example you know what I mean? But to me, the Beatles aren't pop. The Beatles are like classic rock and roll. So that maybe that's, that's a generational thing. It's generational. And pop music is always generational and what is defined as pop music. But the Beatles were pop yeah. in their day. The People were just screaming. into marijuana and acid in that day. <laughs> There's an interesting correlation, actually, culturally speaking, um, to what drugs are the most popular in that time and what kind of music becomes popular. That's why EDM is so popular that, yes. right now because it's Case all like... So what is the new drug and (laughs) what is the new music? Uh, I think the children call it Molly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Molly and like. There was much gnashing of teeth. DJs. Yeah. Because that's all you could do to that music too. I I just wanted to like kill it on on the water scheme and just have like tons of water booths and just like sell these things for like $20 a bottle. (laughs) Like, oh, oh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just want to. All you kids are dehydrated. I'm going to make all this money off of you. Oh, man. (laughs) So let's talk about your books. Okay. Uh, Why Fluffy Clouds from the Mercs of the Sultry Abyss, So the Echo. You have three now. Mm -hmm. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about each and what inspired them? And do you have a favorite? Uh, I'll work backwards. Um, My favorite of anything uh, is of, of what I'm doing is whatever I have most recently done. So my favorite <laughs> book that I've put out is So the Echo. That's the most recent one. Um, I think if you ask most artists, they'll be um, the most proud and willing to talk about what they're most currently working on, what they've most recently done. I don't know exactly why, but... Um, is uh, that because it, maybe it is more close to like what you're it's where experiencing you are now. in your life? Yeah, It's where we are now. You know, Even though So the Echo came out in 2013, it's the closest to where I am now. Um, from the Mercs of the Sultry Abyss and So the Echo are 
almost like companion pieces in that they are of a similar sentiment and um, it's kind of like a, a turning inside out of my uh, my sketchbooks and my journals over the years. I have religiously kept sketchbooks and journals and scrapbooks over the years of touring. So White Fluffy Clouds came out in 2003 and From the Mercs of the Sultry Abyss came out in 2007. And so uh, before those times and during those times, Incubus was just uh, constantly on tour. And when we're on tour, I don't stop uh, drawing and writing. I, I just have a different way of doing it. It becomes more sort of small um, into sketchbooks and journals and scrapbooks and things. Do you find it more like fulfilling creatively to express yourself through your artwork or music? That's a good question. Um, I personally need both of them. And I find that older I get, I, I'm, and I'm looking for more ways to express myself. I don't, um, I love making music. It's probably the most challenging uh, creative outlet or, or form of creative expression. Um, intellectually challenging, I mean. It's also emotionally challenging because you're, you're digging. You're mm-hmm. digging very deeply. Um, but painting and drawing uh, have uh, almost like a, it gives me a feeling of effortlessness and it brings me into kind of a meditative state. So there's a, um, a realm of bliss, for want of a better term, that accompanies it, which I've come to really fall in love with over the years. Um, I love taking pictures too. I love photography. Um, like and wh- all kinds of stuff. What do you <laughs> photograph? People, nature? Uh, I've been very interested in photographing people recently and I've been translating a lot of the photographs into paintings and so the most recent series that I've been doing over the past couple of years and the one that I'll be showing in Amsterdam next week um, is uh, watercolor paintings that are based on studies of photographs of people would you would you say you're more of an introvert or an extrovert or there's introvert extroverts too I would say that I'm an uh, extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert I, I identify with both of them at certain points throughout the day. Well, no, it's, it's, it's very interesting hearing about, like, you know, a, a lot of the places that where you get to go to actually just be with yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you're expressing who you are and from the inside and, and you're putting that out there to people. Yep. I find that in a lot of people in entertainment. Um, it, yes, you write a song, but you're very with yourself, maybe mm-hmm. a couple bandmates, but it's a closed quartered area. Then you go and take this song and you share this story with people. Yeah. You're doing that with your art, with photography. Yeah. Is there an underlying kind of, uh, let's say, theme, or is it just where you're at at the moment that you're just trying to express this out? Is there a message? Um, I wouldn't say that there was like an overarching message that I'm aware of, but I, the thing that I am aware of is that all of those things that I just mentioned and everything that I'm doing, even sitting here today is probably in a, a larger sense. And sorry if I'm getting a little too heady for, um, uh, radio in general, but it's a search of for self. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm of the understanding that, um, self or spirit or whatever you want to call it is everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. It never ceases to exist. So everything that we see is that, um, but we can't help but look for uh, our version of it or where we relate to that in any given point. So art and music and um, photography and traveling has been a really fun and curious and um, successful way for me to understand who I am. You know what I mean? You seem very wise. Did any of that make sense? No, it, it, total it totally sense. makes right. sense. <laughs> it, well, it, it just, I'm, Do you I'm guys seeing... like how we went from the brown sound to like spirit? <laughs> yes. 
Well, once again, we thank you, Shrek. We're peeling back layers. Yes, I loved that analogy in Shrek, by the way, the whole peeling back of the, the onion. I, I hear great. that talk all the time. Mm-hmm. It was before Shrek, but Shrek said it very well. Now, going still with that, you know, you're, you're being able to express yourself, you're discovering of yourself. Mm-hmm. It sounds very therapeutic. Would you say it's kind of like therapy for yourself, maybe to get yeah. through certain things? Absolutely. Uh, things could be happening, whether it be within friendships or family or relationships or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sometimes a dark place. Yeah. To face maybe fears. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have those moments where you got to go back? See, like in a, in a song, mm-hmm. you're expressing it, you're sharing it, and now you got to relive that <laughs> every, every night. night. <laughs> yeah, what's that like? Um, it actually is kind of beautiful. There's, it, you know, you hear stories about um, bands that have had a, a a hit single or a string of hit singles that have had success over the years, and some of them lament having to perform the same mm-hmm. hit song like every single night. They're like bored of it. They're bored of it. And our band, and I'll just speak for myself, I mean, I've only had brief moments where I was like, oh, we got to play this song in the most brief moments. And we've played thousands of concerts. Mm-hmm. And because every night, every day, every audience is a brand new experience. There are similarities, mm-hmm. like especially when you're, we, when we're touring um, in the summer in the United States, we're lucky enough to play these places we call sheds. You know, like the outdoor sheds. Like, oh, okay. Um, like the Hollywood Bowl would be considered one. Um, I never would have looked at the Hollywood Bowl as a shed. I love that. That's great. <laughs> right. Or uh, what, what's Irvine Meadows called now? Verizon Wireless Amphitheater. Have you uh-huh. guys been there? That's, oh, yeah. like, that, that's like a more classic shed, mm-hmm. you know. So we get to play places like that all over the country, which is an incredible opportunity. But, and so they all kind of look identical. And so there is a little bit of a Groundhog Day thing happening mm-hmm. when you're on tour. But... Then you see the audience, and every audience is unique, and you are sort of forced into these um, spontaneous moments within moments where you're playing the same song, singing the same lyrics again. So every song means something different depending on the night and depending on your mood. You know what I mean? Human beings are very dynamic things, and I think that we get, um, especially culturally speaking, uh, there's a tendency to want to... uh, the milk in the fridge, if you know what I'm saying. Like we want to mm-hmm. put things in their place so we can understand right. them. Are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? It's like, uh, I'm both of those things. Exactly. And quite exactly. a few other things, right. actually. And I really feel like a lot of people can relate to that idea of not fitting in in any one place. Right. And especially when it comes to music, people have always asked me and the guys in the band, like, what kind of music do you play? What kind of music do you listen to? It's like, we kind of listen to a lot of different kinds of music everything you know there's really only a couple things that i don't like you know which we can talk about if you want (laughs) (laughs) okay favorite record and person you want to like punch your own self in the face like when you hear him on the radio go when i hear him on the radio yeah oh wow um i don't or at all i don't listen to the radio very often so um i don't know how to answer that question well who makes you want to like who makes you scratch your eyeballs out um I'll say he's the political equivalent of Voldemort, or he who shall not be named. You guys were talking about him earlier, but I refuse to say his name. He's getting enough attention. Okay. All right. I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. I think everyone got that. He makes me consider Canadian citizenship, but they are really intense (laughs) at the border. (laughs) They're really intense. Aren't they? Yeah, we go through and it's like, yay, we're going to play a big concert up here and everyone's going to make a bunch of money. And they're like, why are you really here? Oh, yeah. 
Like, it's crazy. Uh, and and why can't why and why do we need you to come here? And yeah. why can't why can't yeah. a Canadian band play that concert instead? Right. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I've been but then once situation. you're up there, they're awesome. Oh, the people are great. Incredible. It's just the border. Just dudes. The border. Yeah. 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 I don't like I don't like them. They're they've been really mean to me. One time they took my girlfriend aside and like searched her whole luggage, checked her toothbrush and everything. Like it was like six a.m. For what? Because they thought that she was like drunk or inappropriate or whatever. It was six a.m. after oh. being like up all night. We're traveling home. And they took her to, aside for extra screening. It was horrible. And when I first started dating my husband, I went to meet him in Toronto. And they're like, why are you here? They saw an old work visa of mine. And they're mm-hmm. like, okay, why are you here? Are you working? Are you making money? You're not telling us. I'm like, no, I'm just visiting. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are you doing here? Going to see a concert. Oh, so you're a groupie? They called me a groupie. <laughs> like, like, first like, of all, the border patrol fuck you. In Second their of all. dumb outfit. And I was like, oh my, is that what I look, is that what I look like to Canada? I'm like, no, I'm visiting my friend. Leave me alone. But they're so mean. Like, I wanted <laughs> to They were worse to you, I think, than they were. They're now. horrible. They just make us get up in the middle of the night off the bus in our underwear and come inside and, like. No, I think a lot mean. of people have these stories. I mean, I could go yeah. on. I don't, want, I don't want to take up all the time, but I was almost arrested. It, at Seriously. Border? And I was literally going over and doing this stupid little, like, MC thing. Yeah. And they were going to arrest me. Wow. Have you so ever, stupid. like. So stupid. Have you ever been, like, shaken down in. Um, yes. Crazy countries? No, uh, I have been strip searched coming back from Holland in Dallas, Texas, Dallas Fort Worth Airport. What brought that on? Uh, probably because I looked like a drug head. I had dreadlocks for <laughs> uh, like ten drug plus head. years. I don't know, and I maybe they thought I was because I was coming back from Amsterdam, and I'm okay. uh, super okay. like honest Abe dude. Like I'll just on the immigration forms, I'll write mm-hmm. where I've been, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the last place I saw was oh Amsterdam. You're coming with us, so I had to get down into like my underwear, and there it was. No. It was actually kind of intense. I was I was scared for a minute because those dudes were big and they had like big Texan mustaches, <laughs> gloves on. I was like, oh, oh no, no, is this how I'm losing my virginity? Like, oh my god, <laughs> intense. They made me like turn my hair. I'm not over old enough for that exam out. yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, but you're goodness. right. It always does go back to ass play. Which is why it's an amazing (laughs) band name. (laughs) Oh, were you enjoying that? Well, if you think that was good, you should go to playboyradio.com and hear what happens next. The first 30 days are free, so you have nothing to lose. See you there. Playboyradio.com Join the movement. Follow us.